you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. Welcome to this episode of Cruise Radio Rewind, an encore presentation with Cruise Director Kabir. We had him on a couple of weeks ago, and within 24 hours, I had 25 emails for him. And instead of me emailing him each question directly or blowing his phone up, texting him, I was like, you know what? Let's just get him back on the show. I asked. He agreed. He is here now. Kabir, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. So as I just said, we had tons of emails for questions directed to you about your last interview. So we're just going to roll with these. And I'm going to tell you just to be forward, I didn't proofread these. So if I butcher them, uh, I do apologize in advance. We're just going to keep on rolling through it. (laughs) I am in. All right. Well, let's just jump right to it then. Uh, The first one says, how is Kabir coping with not being able to engage with passengers and not being able to spend time with fellow crew members every day? And does he plan to go back once sailings resume? So I'm going to cut straight to the chase with this. 1000% I plan to head back. Um, Since I was a kid, this was my dream job and I absolutely love what I do. So there's no question about it. I am 100% going back to sea. In terms of the interaction, that's an interesting one. You know what? I've moved my signature dance classes to be online now. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll be able to see that. That that for me is the highlight of my day. And it's one of the the best ways for me to interact with guests because I kind of feel like they're seeing me in a way that I am very much at home. Like that's kind of my workout at home is a dance workout. So for me, it's very personal. So that's been online. Um, the podcast has been keeping me going. I've been putting a lot of effort into that. And the interaction on my Facebook page has been really good. In terms of crew, yeah, so many friendships that form on board. And I have two best friends that I keep in touch with every single day, uh, mostly through uh, Facebook and uh, WhatsApp video calling. So it's been tough, but at the same time, I'm keeping busy at home. I've got a massive family here that keep me very engaged, sometimes too engaged, but I love it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, 100% going back to sea, and I miss all my ship friends and family, but we keep in touch online. We have WhatsApp groups now. (laughs) What is your Instagram handle in case people want to follow along? It's really easy, at Cruise Director Kabir. It's at Cruise Director Kabir for everything. So if you search that on Facebook, Instagram, all my stuff will come up from there. Since you are home now, I'm curious because, you know, a lot of cruise directors on the ships, they get super amped up and charged up when when they have guest interaction, but when no one is there or you pass them in the hall, they're like, oh, hi. Are the guests seeing the authentic you? Yeah, that's a really massive thing for me. I remember when I used to, I've done about 35 cruises to date now. Uh, And before I became cruise director, I had done 27. So I remember those interactions. You know, I remember amazing cruise directors. Like I have a really good friend named Patty. She actually played a really big part in me becoming cruise director. She was very authentic. But I also remember interacting just with crew and some of them were, were CDs as well. And the interaction just didn't feel genuine. And that's a big thing with whenever I meet someone. Like, I remember that, A, this this is another person that is on a holiday for a great time. And the best thing I can do is not only hear them out and learn about them, but it's to be my authentic self and just to listen. And yeah, so what you see online, what you hear from me, that is as authentic as it can get. The next question here, wow, jumping right in, ask Cruise Director Kabir in a politically correct way if he is able to get, quote unquote, special guests during his cruise. (laughs) I love this question, Doug. I'm not (laughs) going to lie. Um, Look, okay, to answer 
answer the question, no. Uh, can the cruise director get a lot of visits from guests? Yes. There are many opportunities where people make advances. However, um, look, the cruise line policy, I'm going to give you the, the clinical response first. The cruise line policies, you, you cannot have those types of interactions with guests. There are multiple reasons around it, which I'm not going to get into, but you can probably imagine what can happen. However, yes, the advances do happen. And do these things happen on ships? Yes. Like you do hear about them that, and it's not just cruise, it's, it's in general of all crew, like there is the odd story that'll float around uh, that, you know, there was a certain interaction with guests. Should a guest pursue this if they see someone that they like? Absolutely not, because it puts the crew in harm's way. It puts them in jeopardy. So I highly recommend against it. But yeah, I mean, those interactions happen all the time. And uh, I can honestly say that, no, uh, I have not partaken in those activities before. But I guess it's out there, right? I mean, I know entertainers who have hooked up with guests in the past. And when those entertainers aren't on the ship, they're shacked up at their house in wherever it is, you know, just to kill time between contracts. Yeah. You know what? It does happen. I'm not going to lie there. It does happen. Uh, I personally, you know, as a cruise director, I'm head of the department. I'm a senior officer. So there's part of that where I have to maintain Mm -hmm. a really big distance from that. I don't want to know. I don't want to hear about it. And if I do hear about it, there is, I do have to take action in some way. However, yeah, it does occur. It's frowned upon by the ship's management and very, very banned. Um, So you can't, but there was actually a time where it was encouraged and there is a cruise line that is rumored that it it's not banned. Uh, so, you know, watch this space because I can see this, you know, changing very, very slowly going backwards a little bit um, to what it once was. But it, it was encouraged at one point, you know, All right. full circle. <laughs> well, we'll jump into the next question here. It says, behind the scenes, other than the fun, what are your main responsibilities on board? So I oversee the running of the entire entertainment department. So I organize the times of the shows, the times of the activities. I organize the guest flow to make sure that from one venue to another all day long that we have stuff that's going on. Uh, I run all of the technical elements of the ship in terms of entertainment and all of the discipline regarding, regarding entertainment as well. However, this, the cruise director role is an interesting one because it's even bigger than that where it's expected that the cruise director is out and about interacting with guests. That's a massive part of my job. I take it very, very seriously. And I work very closely with the assistant cruise directors to make sure that we kind of have a split going on. So I will usually be working in the morning for a fair period. If it's a port day, usually it's the morning I'll be working. I'll take the afternoon off and then the evening, I'll usually be out and about with the guests, making sure that everything that I've set up for the day before or the day after has, has been executed properly. We're usually working on one to two cruises at the same time. So what you're seeing that day was likely planned the week before. So working ahead is the name of the game, but it's a big job. And uh, I'm up there, you know, speaking to the captain and the hotel director, coordinating uh, not only the communication with the guests, but also making sure that they are accurately informed of everything that's happening in addition to the entertainment. So when you're on the PA system, and I'm just asking this because I'm just curious, are you actually up on the bridge? Are you in your office or are you in your stateroom? That actually depends on the ship. So Carnival Cruise Line, a lot of their ships have the PA system in the cabin. And uh, I actually have pictures of the PA system that used to be my cabin when I worked for Carnival. Uh, Certain cruise lines have 
public address system in the back of house, so at reception, and other ones on the bridge only. So I, I can be anywhere. Usually, my pre-departure announcement, I do that with the captain on the bridge. On sea days, if I'm doing an announcement that doesn't concern the captain or it's just purely for entertainment, I, if I have a PA system in my cabin, I'll do it from there or from reception. Also, I'd like to point out, those are highly secured areas and you cannot go there without express permission or unless you're on a tour. So I'm sure you've done dozens of safety drills on the bridge with the captain. Do you still read from a binder or do you know them by heart by now? Oh, I know it by heart. Come on. I know I know it by heart, especially, you know, there's the there's a couple of jokes that I just absolutely loved and learned from cruise directors when I was just getting into the role. Uh-huh. The you know, there's the line I remember reading that says, and just a reminder that all lifeboats are capable of staying buoyant, even while flooded. And then at the end of it, you kind of go, huh, like you're just learning it for the first time, you know, little little things like that, that just make it a little bit more lighthearted. But I, I, I memorized it pretty much at this point. I do have copies on my computer, though, in case I forget. You mentioned that you're sometimes working on, on two cruises at a time. As a cruise director, do you have an assistant like Carnival Cruise Line has the entertainment director to work in tandem with the cruise director? Do you have that on your ship? Not at all. That's uh, that's more of a Carnival Corporation thing. Uh, they They like that system. For me, I mean, you work with kind of what you're given. So at the end of the day, you know, both of those roles uh, have very different responsibilities when it comes to the cruise lines that, that have that system. In my experience, uh, to be honest with you, I mean, I'll work with whatever system I'm given, but I have had no issues being cruise director and having an assistant cruise director ever. Mm-hmm. In fact, the cruise director role, while it is a large role on board, if you're organized and you know how to manage a team and you've got a good team, you sh- you really know how to delegate, then at the end of the day, I mean, I've never had an issue with time management or or things like that. So I've absolutely loved it. I've had no problem being head of department and also being out and about with the guests. Next question. How do you maintain the energy day in, day out, month after month? Right time, right place is the biggest thing. Uh, There's there. I think above that, though, there is the authenticity of knowing the more authentic that you are, the less energy that you've you feel that you're exuding, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So there's a certain amount of positivity you have to exude when you're on stage. That's important. But when I'm out and about interacting with guests, I try and be as real as possible because then it doesn't feel like I'm, I'm forcing anything. And to be honest with you, I, I never have, um, that that's probably the most important part of it. The other thing is on a port day, there is not very much to do during the day. There's the planning and things like that for the first few days of the cruise for the following voyage. However, if you manage your time right, you can usually get away with having a few hours during the day to relax, get off the ship, sleep and nap. And then the evening from about 5, 6 p.m. onward, you are on and ready to go. Um, and that probably goes until about 11. So that that is every single day. But also, as I said before, with the assistant cruise directors, usually we'll have days where we'll do things together. And then other days where we'll split things to make sure we both have time off. The next batch of questions, we're going to take a turn here and go into present day cruising. So you were in quarantine for a few weeks or on board a ship rather because no one would accept your ship. You had to eventually sail to Europe to disembark guests. A question from Daniel. He wants to know what was the alcohol and social situation like on board at that time? Ooh, that that's a really good question. Hmm. How was the drinking situation? Look, the drinking situation first of all, was a lot more under control than one would think. The bars on board did have that we had wine and beer, 
and then you could purchase certain alcohol from the shops as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, before most cruise lines have a rule on that, so you can only purchase alcohol from the shops if you're of a certain ranking, uh, and that that depends. That that varies from cruise line to cruise line. Some have that restriction, some don't. So a lot of people, quote unquote, did stock up beforehand. But also, what I noticed after the cruise lines kind of shut down and we were just on board, but we weren't in full quarantine, there were a lot of social gatherings with social distancing imposed where you just gather for a beer for an hour and that was it. You go to your cabin and watch on demand or you go to someone's room to play a board game, but it had to be socially distanced and you couldn't have more than three people. So the drinking situation was very much under control. And I was very impressed with it because it showed a really big amount of discipline from the crew, especially because we remember hadn't seen this unfold on land. So we didn't have a perception as to how big this was mm-hmm. until we got home. So to be on the ship and, and and still have that understanding was pretty interesting, especially looking at it now since I since I'm at home. I'm wondering your thoughts on the current day situation. You know, Carnival's using 18 ships to bring crew home. Royal Caribbean just announced a couple of days ago they're using nine of their ships to repatriate crew members. As a cruise company employee, what are your thoughts on the cruise lines using their ships to deliver crew members home? I think it's great. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I'll tell you why. Because it limits the number of contact points that the crew need to go through in order to get home. So for example, let's say Carnival has these nine ships. They've got Certain ships destined for the Philippines, certain for Indonesia, certain ones for India, uh, certain for certain ones for Europe and the UK. By having designated ships go there, not only are you guaranteeing comfort, you're guaranteeing food, you're guaranteeing some sort of entertainment, but it limits getting off the ship, getting onto a bus, getting off the bus, going to the airport, touching things as you check in, going through the airport, getting on the plane. So all of those things have been, so for, from the perspective of crew safety and welfare, it's actually a much better way of doing things. And frankly, really generous of the cruise lines because they're paying for the gas, they're paying for the fuel, they're paying for the accommodation. And remember, they don't have any sort of income right now either, Mm -hmm. just like everybody else. So from the cruise lines perspective, extremely positive thing to do to help the crew. And it really speaks to the way that they take care of people. I wasn't going to bring this up, but it's relevant to what you're talking about. Uh, I got an email this morning from a crew member, and it says he sent me a picture of a newspaper clipping, and it's a guy in the middle of a in the middle of a road in India selling uh, vegetables. It says in this picture, there's a guy selling vegetables. He's a cook on Carnival Fantasy. He is home because of coronavirus, and he can't go to the ship, so he is selling vegetables in the middle of the road to make ends meet. For one, this is a very humbling picture because we don't realize how good we have it here in North America, but two. The media likes to paint this picture of the cruise industry as exploiting people from foreign countries, slave labor, and all of that. But just looking at this photo here, I can't speak for him, but I'm sure this gentleman would much rather be a cook on a carnival ship than selling vegetables in the middle of the road in India. You know what? It's interesting that you bring that up, and I'm glad that I can speak to this. The crew, first of all, the crew members that are on board the ship, they willingly have signed up for that contract. They know exactly what they're going to be doing. They know their wages. Uh, a lot of them are on gratuities and do extremely well. These crew members uh, are supporting multiple generations. You know, it's grandparents uh, themselves, their kids, sometimes even their kids' kids. Who knows? They're multi-generational families and they all live together as well. Uh, I know that my I have family back home in India. They, they live together as a family unit and it's great to see. They are 
trying circumstances for sure. But I will say while they're on board and while they're with us, that they're very well taken care of. The majority of them are sending money home to take care of these people. So, you know, we're, we're, they're, they're very much aware of what they're doing. In terms of right now, yeah, this is going to be tough until the cruise lines get started. And it's like that for everyone, but especially them as well. So I'm hoping that we can get up and running as soon as possible, that there is some sort of a priority as well. But I, I do anticipate that, you know, we're going to try and get everybody getting back to work as soon as possible. The next couple of questions here, they're going to be speculative because we don't have a crystal ball, but what will entertainment be like whenever we return to cruising? So this is an interesting one. I, I'd like to point out first and foremost, I am not involved right now in the execution of that. However, I'm sure the ideas are flowing and the cruise lines are getting to work on this. I think there's going to be social distancing in the theater. That's the prime venue for contact. So number one, you will definitely have to have space between people that you're with uh, in the theater. Now, certain cruise lines like uh, Carnival, for example, a lot of their ships, if they have a liquid lounge, they've got fixed seating. It's not as many, it's not as much bench seating. So then you can have a rule of, okay, two seats between Mm -hmm. people. And if you're sailing as a couple, then you can have uh, two people sitting next to each other. For bench seating, like it is on the fantasy class or on the spirit class, that's going to be really interesting to see. In terms of other venues... I can picture there being limited contact activities. And as I said before in our previous interview, uh, that there's going to be a lot more digital elements as to the entertainment. So from that perspective, I think we're going to still have entertainment, but there's definitely going to be spacing. On deck, your pool chairs, there's no way you're going to be next to somebody. I think there's always going to have to be a one-person rule. And uh, that's also going to be the buffet concept. I think I saw, actually, you published an article, uh, Doug, about cruise lines talking about how they're going to deal with buffets and how they're they're getting ready to axe them, some of the cruise lines as well. Yeah, Royal Caribbean said, you know, when it comes to return to cruising, maybe not expect the full buffet experience you're used to or possibly even a new dining concept. They didn't elaborate on it. They kind of left us hanging at that, uh, hanging on that. But it's uh, I'm assuming it's going to be something like uh, like the 270 lounge on like the quantum class in the back of the ship there where it's like a Panera or a grab and go type place. You know what? That's a great concept. But Royal Caribbean, I'd like to point out as well, Royal Caribbean is fantastic at making sure that people wash their hands before they go in because Mm -hmm. they only have one entrance in and out of the Windjammer. And especially on the newly renovated Mariner and Navigator of the Seas, they have those hand wash stations and, and on the quantum class as well, they've got the hand wash stations as well before you go in. So they were already doing a great job at that beforehand. So I'm excited to see now what they're going to come up with. Next question asks, how do you keep social distancing enforced in a 3,500 passenger cruise ship, especially where the elevators are concerned? Social distancing is going to be the norm now going forward. So I think the cruise, I don't know if the cruise lines are going to hardwire their ships to do like this or they're going to softwire it. First and foremost, elevators. I think they're going to be reserved for people that specifically need them. If you need an elevator, uh, whether you have heart issues, health issues, you can't walk, new hips, new knees, all that stuff, they're going to get priority on the elevators. I think that there's going to be a limited number of people within the elevators permitted. Uh, Right now, I have a condo that I'm staying in as well. And in the condo, it has a, a big placard in there that says no more than two people per elevator ride. So you can't have more than two people in there at one time. Stairs are going to be the norm. Uh, There's going to be the social distance markings on the floor that you may have seen if you've been to any sort of grocery store. I know when I was at Heathrow Airport flying home a few weeks ago, 
that they had the social distancing markers on the floor already. And those are just stickers. Those are very simple solutions. Now, whether they sew them into the carpet, that's going to be interesting. My studio is on the 12th floor of a building downtown Jacksonville. And in here, there's like 10 elevators, close to 5,000 people working here as well. Not all here right now because working from home. But there are postings everywhere saying one person in the elevator at a time. Like, how do you enforce that when you have close to 5,000 people that could be working in this building at one time, you know? That's going to be, and you know what's going to happen? A lot of people are going to start using those stairs. That's Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. The last question we have here, it's again, total speculation. Uh, They want to know, in your opinion, how reliable is the August 1st return to sailing? And what are they doing on board now to address CDC protocols? That's a really difficult question to answer, but I'm going to try and give the best answer that I can without having as much information as I would like. I think that at this point in time, we're looking at the case numbers, not only as a nation, like I'm in Canada, so we're looking at it province to province, city by city. So for example, a lot of Canada has reopened. There's There are retail stores. Ontario and Quebec have not. In the States, uh, I have seen that certain states are moving forward in different ways that other states are not. When it comes to being on board, the protocols are already being written. But I also think that the August 1st date, you have to have a goal. Do I think it's reliable? Yes, I do think it's reliable. I have 100% faith that we're going to see cruise lines resuming as quickly as they can. And on that date, the ships will not sail full. There's no way they're going to sail full, not because of lack of bookings, but because of the social distancing. And frankly, those first that first month of cruising is going to be an experiment for everybody, for the cruise line and for the guests. And the experience is going to be different. Take it as a new normal. Embrace the change because there is nothing else that we can do. But most importantly, it's going to be a trial period. That date is reliable. I think we're going to do it. And I think even after that, the plans, I know Norwegian has said they're going to open up their fleet bit by bit. I think it was what uh, a few ships at a time. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very, very smart way of doing things as well. And remember, it's not just about the cruise line or the people getting on the ship. It's about the ports that they're going to be hitting as well, because there needs to be that agreement between the country of origin of the home port of the where the majority of citizens are, but also that that country is okay with the countries that they're going to. So this is going to be a big diplomatic relations, uh, you know, discussion. The And yeah, it's going to be, it's reliable. It's going to happen. And I think people need to be ready for a new normal of cruising. That will give us a lot more positive changes than we think. You hit on good points there. And I also want to echo that the cruise lines, yeah, they do have the safety in mind, but they also realize they have finances in mind too. If they go back to service and a quarantine happens or another shutdown happens, certain cruise lines aren't going to make it out alive. There's going to be consolidation, liquidation, and bankruptcy and reorganization before moving forward. There will be. You're right. If, if we don't get this right this time, it is going to affect the cruise industry in a, in a much harsher way than this did initially. Because initially, not to say that there was an excuse, but the Mm -hmm. common phrase for the world was, we've never experienced this before. Well, if we mess it up this time, we have experienced this before. So we know what to expect now. I have every single amount of faith that we'll do it. Mm -hmm. But I think people need to be extremely patient with it because it's not, look, the first cruise, like anything, it's like the first cruise after dry dock. The the first cruise after dry dock, we all know that that first cruise, (laughs) while it's a novelty to be on that ship or the first first cruise after launch, it's going to 
be a little bit rocky mm-hmm. because everything is new. Uh, I think that getting into operation is going to be really critical to their financials. And people want to travel. People want to cruise. I want to cruise. I was sad I couldn't book a cruise <laughs> during this quarantine period. But uh, you know what? It's going to be great to see what, what they come up with now. This is the time for innovation. Have they given you an estimated return to duty date? Yes. Uh, my particular cruise line has announced that they're aiming for mid-July. Okay. And you know what? That could very well happen as well. That's two weeks before the August deadline. So I fully anticipate at least a few ships going out at that time. I know you only have 30 minutes here, so I'm going to let you hop. But Kabir is the host of the Keeping Afloat podcast. You can also follow him and do those dance classes he does on Instagram at Cruise Director Kabir. Hey, when you get back out on the high seas, man, we'll have to connect and do an interview ship to studio. I would absolutely love that. It's great to be on here. And thank you so much. I guess I should mention, because I totally forgot to do it, episode 589 was Kabir's first interview with us on Thursday, May 14th. It's called Cruise Director On Board During the Shutdown. You can find it there. I'll also link it up in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. In our Cruise Radio news briefs, they're rolling along seven days a week, the top three things you need to know. It's a separate feed basically running opposite of this. All you do is search Cruise Radio News where you consume your favorite podcast. Also, emails. Been getting a lot of them. Keep them coming. Doug at cruiseradio.net. Also accepting voice memos at that same address. And I think that is it. So enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Protect yourself and your neighbors. Take care. During these difficult times for the travel industry, Cruise Radio stands behind the men and women who work so hard to bring our vacation dreams to life. From the captains and crew to travel agents, tour operators, Vendors and port employees, we offer a sincere thank you on behalf of the thousands of guests whose lives you impact each and every day. 